We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale, producer Cole Bay Bay, running the show in the back. Look at look at producer Cole in his new new crib. Now I'm like creeping on him. I just want to like see the house in the background. I see the guitars. He got the TV set up. He's ready to go. It's not it's not perfect, but we're great. getting there. Listen, you're not living in a box. It's true. So that's that's good. I'm comforted by this. Like you never know, man. Cities like LA, New York. You look up, Cole's computer could be in the kitchen right now. The bathtub could be right next to him. You you never know what uh We'll leave the rest of the imagination like the of what's cities. really close by. We don't know. <laughs> so it's great to see Cole all set up in LA. If you guys are out there, if you're looking for a producer extraordinaire. Make sure uh, hit him cold. The man has some time right now. Hit him up before you get stupid busy again. Because trust me, Cole always gets stupid busy. So it is great, though, to have him back on the boards. Today, we have to start the week off by talking about MMA. Some may have seen that there was a big upset last week's pay-per-view. Maybe. Just, you know, a little upset. We're going to talk about that here in a little while. Dre... This weekend has been crazy, not just because of MMA, but I had a company retreat, so I had to fly out to Bristol to the mothership for two days, two and a half days, so I've been completely unplugged. I have to catch up on pro wrestling before we talk about that in studio this week. I, I haven't watched any of my reality TV, like horrible shows. I haven't done shit. I feel like you when you kind of like just are dead to the world some weeks. I'm like, yo, Dre, you watch it? Like, oh, I didn't have time. This is the first time. I had no time to watch any of my usual stuff. But I did watch, Dre. I did watch She-Hulk because I am now officially addicted to everything Marvel. Everything. Everything. See, you know, Dre watches nothing on time. Again, no. that's why I'm not talking about She-Hulk today. But he watches zero things on time. I just he finished Hawkeye. The entire thing play out. I just finished Hawkeye. Like, I just <laughs> finished Hawkeye. Like, now that my... It was like, a little better than I thought it'd be. 
like uh, Hawkeye started off slow, but it finished fine. But um, yeah, yeah it's, I don't have time to watch all that shit. Like I'm catching up. Let's see, I finished Yellow Jackets. I'm catching up on Snowfall. I'm almost done with the recent season of Snowfall. Yeah, man, I don't watch anything on time. I'm I'm no, I, I don't got time for that shit. I have to watch the new um House of the Dragons. I haven't watched that yet either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's some shit where like I've been ducking spoilers and even the stuff I read, I have no clue who these people are. So I'm just like, all right, cool. Like I've seen like stupid memes. I was like, I guess I gotta watch the first episode to know how this goes down. But uh thanks to you for making me a Game of Thrones fan. Now I got to watch this from the jump. So that I have to catch up on. But since She-Hulk released, there was a bunch of like comic book shit. I got my timeline. I ran across a tweet. I was like, you know what? Producer Cole Baby is around. Dre is around this week. I got to pick their brains on this tweet. This tweet says, the worst superhero movies of all time. But you can only pick one from each row. So now, my Microsoft Excel brain says a row is a cross, right? Like not a column. That's the same question. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we're going left to right, not up and down. That's just that's just how I figured it works. If this is an Excel sheet, Hmm. one. What is the worst superhero movie of all time, and why? Is it Blank Man? And I love Blank Man. Blank Man is not the worst superhero movie of all time. It's, it's You're not even supposed bad. to take Blank Man serious, though. Like the, That's it's why it's not the worst. supposed to be bad. Like, all right, so shitty Superman 3 is trash. Batman and Robin's trash. Electra is trash. Uh, Green Lantern is trash. Catwoman is trash. Catwoman might be the worst of all time. Catwoman's pretty fucking bad. Um, I haven't seen Morbius yet, but I know it's on this list. But uh, Electra was really fucking bad. Really bad. <laughs> oh my god, it was bad. Cole, what would you say is the worst? Uh, it was off rip. Son of the- Son of the Mask. You guys, remember Jamie Kennedy? Oh my god, that's yeah. a superhero movie. This is this? the Mask a superhero movie? I mean, I guess could. it's a comic book movie. It is. So I guess you could do that. I mean. I've never seen Son of the Mask. Uh, the first one was cheesy. You don't, you don't, uh, you're not missing much. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're good there. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Bat- Batman Robin's bad. It's bad, it bad, but at least like memes came out of it. I mean, we have yeah. we have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everyone his, freeze. His freeze. entire line of dialogue is a meme. <laughs> so I feel like things like the internet and Twitter have been very good for that movie. Um, yes, but they also had nipples, like man. If you nipples. yeah, and if you watch it back and then you go, oh god, wait, this was actually a motion picture that they tried to create. So I guess I, I'll I'll go with that. Um, Ooh, you know what's a really bad superhero movie the original okay i don't know if anybody's seen this but it's so bad that if you go to like any comic book convention and you can find it they sell it for a ton of money because it's awful not the fantastic four movie with michael b jordan there's a fantastic four movie that came out in i want to say it was like 1993 it is so fucking bad like the thing is made out of like sponge like, <laughs> the special effects were so terrible i remember seeing this as a kid and i went to a comic book convention in vegas and somebody had it on vhs they were selling it for like 500 dollars because it's so bad it's like um 
it, oh my god, what's the, what's the movie? What's the movie? What's the, the movie that's so bad? They made a movie about how bad it was. Uh, oh, the, the, the disaster artist. Yes. Yeah. The, the, yeah, room. the room. Yes, it is the room of superhero movies. It is so <laughs> so bad. But so, at least in the room, you have like there are lines in there that are memorable. No, this Fantastic Four movie's fucking terrible. Yeah, the room is absolutely redeemable because of how bad it is, right? Yeah. Like, and and because of like the cult that has now come with that, and like everyone will go to like theaters to watch it, and they bring spoons and all that stuff. Like, there's like a whole like. <laughs> to, to craft something out of that something that bad, like when you reach that, I want to call it a, we we have to call it the mystery science theater level, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there is definitely like a long gray area before you get to mystery science theater level where you are just bad and there's nothing redeemable about you. There are definitely a lot of superhero movies that fall into that category. <laughs> Lisa, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> oh, I did not hit her. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. That movie's it's so bad. So but... good. It's it's so good. It's so bad. Yeah. I was gonna say, Cole, Cole probably loves. Oh, I I eat that shit up. I mean, I was Mystery Science Theater is <laughs> one of my favorite shows of all time. So like oh, anything that can do like that level, like sign me up. Yeah, Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, that's my worst superhero movie of all time. The thing is, is now like, I have to watch it. It's so bad. The, the thing is about a lot of these movies. Once you get post Iron Man. The special effects kind of redeem some of these movies from their shittiness. Like they can be bad, but they don't look as bad. Like some of them still look bad. But when you get to that pre- Iron Man three is pretty shitty. Mm, no, Even not compared with to... amazing. But that's what I'm saying. But like you go to pre two thousand superhero movies. Like if you watch Superman three, right? Like watch Superman three. It is really fucking bad because the story is bad, but then the effects just make it even worse. It's trash. So the effects save some of these movies, but. That Fantastic Four movie's fucking bad. Same with like those pre-Marvel movies, Electra, Daredevil. There's a Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren that came out in like the late '80s, early '90s. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, um, it's not really a superhero movie, but Masters of the Universe. If anybody saw the, the Dolph Lundgren He-Man movie, I've seen Masters of the Universe. Yeah, I was so pissed. I was like, "Where the fuck is Battle Cat? Where's Orko? What? Is, why are all these humans <laughs> running around here? <laughs> fucking bad." Oh, I mean, that same thing. The fucking live-action Dragon Ball Z movie that came out like five oh years ago. Oh, my God. I keep forgetting atrocious. that exists. <laughs> yeah, it is atrocious. I think we need You're to like, keep what? forgetting that that exists. Oh, my God. That is just horrible. All right, so top line here. Morbius, Justice League, Thor, Wonder Woman 84, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. So, so is this like you... You don't even got to watch more so, of these. So, so wait, as far as like you're picking one that you want to keep or you're picking one that's the worst out of all of them? The worst out of each row. Batman and Robin. Yeah, Batman and Robin pretty funny. I mean, Wonder Woman 84 wasn't even funny, like yeah, enjoyable so. funny. But Batman and Robin. I don't I mean, even need to see more because Batman and Robin is fucking bad. I, yeah, yeah. I, I would say... Here's the thing. It might. It's probably the worst in that row, and it's the one I'd probably watch before all those other ones because of how bad it is. Hands down. I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think I like the it. other ones I don't want to watch because I'm like, no, nah, I'm bored. Like, and this is just bad. Yeah, yeah. Thor: of The Dark World is bad. I mean, Justice Justice World League was so bad that they had to release. They were like, no, 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 no wait, hold, hold <laughs> on. We got like a seven hour version of it, and it's better. <laughs> Anytime, and you, it was marginally better. If your movie has to be seven hours, it's probably bad. Let's yeah. just, let's just put that out there. Definitely, uh, shit. I gotta go. Nah, yeah, I gotta go. Justice League out of that then. Because no, Batman and Robin, I watch Wild Wild West still. 
Like, I'll watch Batman and Robin every now and then and laugh my ass off. Carrot Street. Then Catwoman. Oh, this it's right here, Drake. Punisher War Zone. No, no, that's not the one with Dolph Lundgren. This no. one isn't that bad. It's okay. bad. This it's was, this, this was yeah, this was not the the other Punisher that had like John Travolta in it. Yeah. Uh Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, Superman Three. Superman Three. Superman 3 is fucking bad. And Green Lantern's terrible. Is that Richard Pryor? Yes, it's bad. Because Richard Pryor, I mean, no, Superman. I'm, I'm telling you, this is when these comic book movies didn't follow the comic books. They just took the characters and just made shit happen. <laughs> okay. Bad. I mean, Catwoman uh, is on there, too. Catwoman is on this list. Catwoman has to be the this worst is in this unfair. Line. And I've never even seen Superman three. This this <laughs> this role is unfair because it's like the the all star game of travesties. For hey, movies like hey, this. I mean, oh my here, god, here's Ghost deal. Rider was it should have been so much better. Here's the deal: at least with Superman three and Catwoman being on the same row. I mean, there's an easy qualification for this. One has Halle Berry in it. One does not. Yeah. So I guess that's at least like helping the case. It's not good. Catwoman was so bad, it makes you forget Halle Berry is sexy. That's how bad the movie was. Bad. Wasn't that like was that yeah. right right before bon, the Bond movie or was that right afterwards? Like I don't this, know. Was this, before, this was before yeah. Bond movie, I think. God man, but it, Green Lantern's really fucking bad. Really <laughs> bad. You know, that movie's really bad, but no, I'm gonna take the F, like the special effects are horrible, but that's yeah. not. And then next row, Daredevil, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, which I didn't mind. Um, Batman vs Superman, Elektra, and Thor: Love and Thunder. Stop the fucking tape! I just watched Thor: Love and Thunder. Thor: Love and Thunder. I watched it with Big Mac. Yeah, stupid. It wasn't amazing, right? But it wasn't bad. No, No. by no means. Elektra wins here or loses. I don't know how we frame this. Elektra is bad. Daredevil's really bad too, but Elektra is (laughs) bad. But Elektra's worse. Yeah, Elektra's really bad. Like Batman and Superman was bad, but at least. Were spots of decency in there. Electra's just bad. Yep. Yeah. And Venom's not that bad. Like Venom was bad. It wasn't great, but yeah, Electra was Jennifer no. Gardner. No, thank you. The first Venom was really funny. This one was it kind of missed and, a little bit, and, but it wasn't and, horrible. And Batman versus Superman really just led to Henry Cavill being like, "Wait, fuck this shit. I'm gonna go do The Witcher." So, like, you know, <laughs> we got something believable out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Batman or Superman was also horrible. Fuck. And then last row, X-Men Origins Wolverine. You could have put like eight X-Men movies on here. Yeah. There's some really shitty X-Men movies. Ghost Rider, the original. So Nicolas Cage is just mm-hmm. shitty in all movies, I guess. Not in all um, movies. Not, that is not true. That is, that is not true. Very Nick- untrue statement. Yeah. No, I mean in all the comic book movies. Oh, sure. Sorry, okay. Not in all movies. No, because Nicolas Cage not, is We will not accept Nick. We will not take Nicolas Cage slander yeah. on this podcast. No, we won't. no, no. no. Face off with my shit. Um, Fantastic Four, Suicide Squad, now the one and the Smith. Hulk. And, okay. And to be clear, yeah, this, this Fantastic Four is the Michael B. Jordan one, right? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Correct. And this one does suck. That one does suck. Ooh, God. X-Men That's worse Wars. than Ghost Rider. Yeah. I'm going to go with Fantastic Four. Wait, 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 wait. Which which Hulk is this? Is this Which one that's, is this? That's Edward the one Norton? with uh, Edward Norton, yeah. Oh, Edward no. Norton's Hulk. I'm fine with this one. Oh, 
least I think it was Edward. Yeah, because Eric Banya and there's and there was Edward North. There's two of them. Oh, it's okay. the comic book one with the comic book strips, where like the giant fucking dogs came to life, and you know, like this is 2003 Hulk. It's so funny because these Hulk movies were so bad that they never fit into the Marvel canon. They were like in none of the phases. Was that, was that the one that was done by Ang Lee? Wasn't that? Wasn't, oh no, this is the Eric. Yeah, the Eric. Bauer. Eric Bonnie Eric, one. Okay, that one. That one. That one is not good. It, yeah. it sucks. Is that? There's not enough Hulk in that, right? Is that a, a lot of it? Eric Bonnie was like walking around talking and shit. I don't remember. No, it sucks. no, no. The other one is a lot of uh, Ed Norton. Well, guess what? Around. It's not the worst on this list. It's between Fantastic Four and Ghost Rider. This shit is pretty bad because they cut into comic book strips and it didn't look cool. So like you had shit happening in this part of the strip and then down here and then It's so bad I don't remember it. Um <laughs> Well then that's that's a redeemable quality for the sake of this list. Um Suicide Squad was just shitty because it had no villain. Yeah. Yeah, it just wasn't good. No, and the Joker in that was fucking atrocious. Maybe I have to go Ghost Rider here. Because my hopes were high for Ghost Rider and it ended up sucking. Even Mendez is just so sexy. Well, I'm not judging a movie on how sexy it is. Because then Catwoman would have won. <laughs> no, it was that bad, though. It was that bad. Yeah, <laughs> was... That Fantastic Four movie was also really bad. It was shitty. At least we had a black human torch, so I, I won't put that at the bottom, man. That it just oh, pissed no, people off, that's... which which I I enjoyed watching the timeline go crazy. I can't believe you made a fictional character black. Really? I mean, they could have at least made Sue black as well. Like it, then it just got convoluted. What then they it? had to be adopted. Then it, that's why the brother and sister. Why is a lot going on? Why isn't Rise of the Silver Surfer on this list? That movie sucked. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Mm, if you, if you're gonna put Venom, let there be carnage on here. Rise of the Silver Surfer movie because the ex- again big Silver Surfer fan reading comics as a kid and we know how powerful Silver Surfer was and that movie was just stupid. Yo, X Men Apocalypse not being on this list is this crime is crazy. Apocalypse looked horrible in that fucking movie. Yeah, they had I'm like a- CGI breaks that like just didn't work correctly. Um, there was too much time travel. Just, just give me Ghost Rider. Just that's the word. <laughs> Ghost, okay. Ghost Rider. But that comes down to say, and I know Dre's, but Cole, you never got your take on this. What is your go-to superhero movie slash comic book movie? I know Dre's. Dre's is damn near mine, but there's always a loophole of it. Is this a? It's a comic book movie, not superhero. Yeah, they're different. Mm. Because then we get into like the graphic novels, count, blah, blah, blah. Right. But I, I think me and Dre agree. Scott Pilgrim versus the world is like the best. Oh, well, yeah. Every time it comes on. Every time. It never gets old. Yeah. I guess like immediately my brain went to like uh, just just like strictly superhero, but like Scott Pilgrim is. So funny. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is really good. <laughs> really good. <laughs> so good. I mean, I guess like in the traditional like superhero movies that are like out, if like Guardians of the Galaxy is on, like that's that's a good. I I think that's just like a quality all around movie, and like everybody's good in it. Although, Very like, enjoyable. Chris Pratt's stock has only gone down as time has gone on, but uh, 
you know. You think Dave, Dave Batista is making still good. dough off of the? Oh, he's totally making dough. I just don't. Of uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> I think he's just a little less likable than he was then. Because right after that, he was coming off of Parks and Rec and everything, yeah. and like yeah. he, he lost the way he got a six He was pack. like he was like the most likable dude, and now like everyone's like, eh, I'm yeah, not sure, right. sure about Chris Pratt. But you know what the yeah. the, the, the brilliance is of uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is like if you go back every time you go back and watch it, you go, damn, Chris Evans was in this shit. Damn, yes, Kieran Culkin was in this shit. Yeah. Damn, Brie yeah, Larson's, Larson's in this in shit. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza's in this movie. Like this movie is loaded yeah. with talent. And when we first, when it first came out, it was like, oh, it's Michael Sarah from Superbad. It was like, all right, everybody tuned in for Michael Sarah, and it was great. But then you were just like, as time went on, it was like they loaded this this cast up, and everybody Everyone. was great in there. Everybody, Anna Kendrick's in there. Like, yo, it is loaded. Oh, Anna Kendrick is his sister. Yep. I forgot about that. Yep, and yeah. Karen Culkin being his roommate. Like, roommate? Oh my God. Being the gay roommate and then like seducing like the boyfriend. Oh, Karen Culkin was the best. It's so good. It's so Yo, good. I've watched a YouTube on how everyone, like the theory that everyone in it has a superpower. So like Scott Pilgrim's not the only one with powers. Everyone in there has powers. And they explain like Karen Culkin's ability to like time travel. And the shit's incredible. Like he's pretty much like, yo, like he just teleports. Like from place to place, be like, yo, he really did teleport in this movie. And How then did he get from point A to point B so quickly. So quickly. Oh, Scott Pilgrim's sister has like uh super hearing. So that's how like she knows everything and like knows all the gossip. And like <laughs> knows where like Scott's gonna be like she has super hearing. Um, the one girl who like it bleeps out all the curse words, like that's like a superpower. Like the barista chick, who is hilarious as well. So like I was like, yo, that's that's some real shit. I got it. I like, got it. Or I'm sorry, keep going, keep going. No, no, like Envy Adam, like Envy has like she brainwashes people when she sings, and that's why like that's her thing. And like so, it's all everyone has a superpower. And I was just like, yo, my mind is fucking blown right now. Here's a good question. So, what is like a comic book movie or superhero movie? I'll I'll put both categories in there. That's like that is panned by a lot of people, or maybe critics didn't like it, but you guys both like will enjoy. Almost like a it doesn't have to be a guilty pleasure, but is there a movie that like people are like man this stinks? And I'm like nah, it's actually like kind of okay. I'm all right with it. That's. That's tough. The reason because... I bring that up is because uh, I just came across a list that had the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen on it, and I that love the League of Extraordinary not, Gentlemen. It's not great, but it's it's no, totally watchable. It's, not bad. it's totally that's Sean fun. Connery, man. I think it's because it's of Sean Connery's Sean Connery. last. It's his last movie, <laughs> and like that was like his like, ooh, I'm, that's my swan song. Like, okay, sure, but like, is it that bad? No, no, it's Sean Connery. It's totally watchable. And I loved every book. That was part of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like, I was a super reading book nerd. Like, all that shit was like on a wishbone. And I would go to like the library and like rent out these books that I had no business reading in like fourth grade. So, yeah, they, they all like intermingled. Yeah, I love that shit. The story, The Portrait of Dorian Gray is one of my favorite stories of all time. And for that to be in there and like, for him to be whooping ass yeah even though they made him 
like an op, which kind of sucked. But <laughs> still, still my favorite story. I'm saying it's time. perfect. Me ain't perfect, but, <laughs> but it's always yeah, they on the did list my boy. Of, like, it's like always on the list. Like, it's the worst, and I'm like, is it? No. I've seen worse. Yeah, it's not I don't know. Worse. Like, no, I'll watch that if that's on. Hands down, I'm watching that. I mean, there's. I don't know. I I would go in reverse. People really like the Michael Keaton Batman joint with like the penguin and blah blah. Like I I try to rewatch it. That one's horrible. Well, some of the, but see the problem with a lot of those movies is once special effects came into play, it's like it's really hard to go back and watch them if they're not good too. <laughs> like if, yeah, like Danny DeVito was whacking that. I like those uh, things. Catwoman was Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer was it like the storyline of that was horrible. Batman and Robin saved that shit. If not, we'd be crushing that like we crushed Batman and Robin. That's true. The Val the Val Kilmer so Batman that, also that also falls under a category of maybe not as not as well liked, but goddamn that goddamn soundtrack. <laughs> did that Sound- have seal? That did have baby. Oh, absolutely. It's <laughs> from Rose. That shit was everywhere. Had that had that U two song. Yeah. Too. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, that movie. Uh, that movie is ninety soundtracks, man. Is oh, it's <laughs> super nineties, hundred percent. Jim Carrey is the Riddler. Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face. They loaded up with talent. That's for damn sure. Yes, yes they, they cut did. a lot of checks. Yeah, none of that shit was good. Because then I, you know, you watch the Dark Knight trilogy, and it's just like, yeah, and like, no, all those shits were whack. Like Christian Bale is Batman. So yeah, yeah, no, like, outside of that. I fuck. I don't know. A leader story, gentleman, is a good one. I mean, are there other movies people just think are horrible? Like nothing on that list. What I say is like redeemable, right? So we just did twenty. None of these would make my cut of like, yo, you know what? That's actually pretty good. Yeah, um, they, they missed like they missed a lot of movies, and like Superman Four is actually worse than Superman Three, if you can believe that shit. <laughs> that sounds horrible. It's, it's uh, really. I think the last hope. It's really fucking bad. Oh but, my god! There's like I could watch the first X Men movie. People don't like it. Like I, I could watch that shit. Like if I had to, like they it was cheesy, but I didn't think it's as bad as other people thought. Especially with the other X Men films coming after it, I was like, all right, it's cool. First X Men movie doesn't bother me. So that's one where people like just hate that shit. I'm like, no, I could, I could watch it. Only thing that bothers me is Rogue can't fly. <laughs> It's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, but I guess they had no IP for Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel or any. So where the fuck she gonna learn how to fly? What, like whose power she's gonna absorb? So they had to make Rogue whack. <laughs> and there's no Gambit. No, ga- no, no Gambit is always a. It's always an issue. That is always an issue. Yeah, yes, that's My favorite X Men. But they had Sentinels, man. They were fighting Sentinels. I, you got me. When when Wolverine live action claws off a Sentinel's head, damn it, I'm intrigued. So I can watch, I can watch like an X Men. I can't wait until Marvel releases a new X Men film. Yeah, I'll I'll buy tickets three months in advance. I don't care. That's gonna be my There's shit. There's a Wolverine game coming out. Interested to see how that how that goes. Yes, there is. Oh, uh, Dre doesn't need any more games. I don't. Like, but I will buy it. <laughs> <laughs> this this guy got a problem, but no, yeah, um, no, I don't, that's a good question, Cole. But I 
I think you nailed it. You're starting to eat Jeff's man is my shit. I can watch that all the time. Chime in. Chime in, uh, audience. Please, please the let tweet. us know. Pre- please, yes. please fill, fill the corner timeline with like some, some really whack movies that you like, and then we'll all go, what? I mean, I feel or, like people yes. are going to really dislike me for saying Blank Man. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people who yes. like Blank Man. That shit is horrible. No, it's not. It's not that bad. It's, it's not, not really. Good. It's not really a superhero movie. It's meant to be ridiculous, like so. a satire. I understand. It still didn't hit the mark for me. Oh, you know what, Cole? I found one, and I'm not sure if people dislike it. It just doesn't get the props it deserves. Sky High, that came out on Disney Channel, impeccable superhero movie. I can watch Sky High every time it comes on. Love Sky High. You never watch Sky High. No. You go. I think it's on Disney Plus. If you need a login, <laughs> okay. I'll give it to you. It's courtesy uh, of the worldwide leader. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. Sky High is a great superhero movie. Like, like teenagers in there, it's it's very dope. So that's that Sky, gets my is it Sky, Sky High because they're in high school. They are in their high school. Yes. All right. That's it's in the sky. It is it's super dope. So uh, let's hit the break. When we come back, let's actually talk MMA. That's what we're here to talk. We had a superhero-like effort from the main event. It's going to be wild to talk about so much ramifications now because of that fight. Let's hit the break, come back. We're talking UFC 278 right after this. Don't go anywhere. All right, just that quick, we are back to talk MMA. Dre sent over the cover of this Fantastic Four movie from 1993, and he may be right. I don't even got to watch the movie. This might be the worst superhero movie of all time. Told you. So I got to put some respect on Christopher Reeve's name. You got to put some respect on Nick Cage's Darren or Nick Cage's uh, Ghost Rider, all this shit. Like, nothing looks worse than that movie cover. And a screenshot of Dr. Doom. Let me know all I needed to know about that film. So, yeah, uh, make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what your worst superhero movies are. And a bad one that you think is pretty dope. So, can't wait to see what you guys say. Now, let's dive into the UFC 278. We're not working top to bottom. But we'll start. Jose Aldo versus Marab. I picked Aldo to win this. So did I. The fight was very easily, like, evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Very well could have went his way. For the first time, I'd say in, like, three, four fights, we saw stubborn Aldo again. The key yeah. to Jose Aldo is pretty simple. You want to win, kick the other man's leg off. This is your go-to weapon. You spam that shit. Like when people pick Blanca and Street Fighter. You you know what they're going to do. There's only one move. Spam the fucking leg kicks. Um, and that's to say, if anyone plays the original Street Fighter on Super Nintendo, that shit is hard as fuck. I don't know how I beat that as a kid. I played this in airport not too long ago. Got my ass whooped in LAX. I spent $15 to get my ass whooped in that game. Stupid hard. Dalsim is level three. Can't beat that motherfucker. Long limbs? impossible but 
again, Aldo should be the same type. Spam your leg kicks, sir. He didn't throw enough leg kicks. Marab was able to control him, make it ugly, um, take him down a couple times, and take this win. And Marab, after the fight, says him and Jose Aldo, they shared a moment. You see it in the octagon. Said Aldo said, man, this I was just going for one more title run. Like, it's over. So we might have a retired Jose Aldo. This is frustrating. Jose Aldo is about, he's, yeah, he might be one of the most frustrating MMA fighters of all time. Because the talent's there. He's got oh, the yeah. skills and ability. He just, for whatever reason, refuses to use it. So when he fight, fights Marab, he threw one leg kick about a minute into the fight. And, like, I think DC popped on the commentary. Oh, there's a leg kick. Little did DC know that's the last leg kick you were seeing that <laughs> night. I don't know what's wrong with Jose Aldo. Like, I, you're fighting a guy who is going to – well, he eventually was going to wrestle you, even though Marab is a striker by nature that uses his wrestling. I don't know what, what sense it made, especially going into the third round where you know you haven't done anything yet. Why, why aren't you throwing punches? Why aren't you throwing kicks? Why aren't you doing anything? Um, maybe this means it's time for Jose Aldo to retire. Because if you can't pull the trigger in a fight where it wasn't like you were getting overwhelmed, there, there no. was space, range, and opportunity for you to throw leg kicks, throw any kind of strike, do your thing. Like, Marab struggled to take you down. You had every advantage to win that fight, and you lost because you didn't do shit. The official stats say Marab went 0 for 16 in takedowns. You should win a fight that somebody goes 0 for 16. <laughs> but how much? Okay, if takedowns, this is what I hate MMA judging with a passion. If takedowns count and people claim one takedown and relatively take a round, right? Stuffing five takedowns around should count for something. Your well, takedown defense should count damn near equally to someone landing a takedown. No, because do you do you judge somebody that makes somebody miss a bunch of punches in boxing? Yeah. You yeah. have to do something I mean, back. You have to counter, you right? Gotta, you got to do something back. You got to make sure. them pay. And but it does, not... it does look very impressive. Like, yeah, Pernell like, Whitaker making yeah, De La Hoya miss a ton looked very impressive. It, it looks good when you make somebody miss, but if you don't do anything with it, what's the point? So it's like in the case of Jose Aldo, like, you stuffed all those takedowns, but you did nothing with them. And when I say nothing, I mean literally nothing. He sat there and just stared at a man for 15 minutes. It was like, here, you want to try to take me down? Ha ha, that didn't work. Marab was like, is he going to do anything about this? And he did nothing. I'm done with Jose Aldo. I'm done. Jose tried to fight like Floyd. The numbers are crazy. Only threw 92 punches, so that's, or total strikes. So 30 strikes around. But landed 64% of his total strikes. Significant strikes landed 57% in this fight. It makes it more frustrating. This is a man who just didn't pull the trigger. It's like it is his performance was so bad that you can make the argument like who paid Jose Aldo to lose that fight? (laughs) That's how bad it was. Like he had like again, it wasn't like he was being overwhelmed in the striking department. It wasn't like Marab was taking him down. There was no area that you saw Marab had like such a significant advantage on. It was just Jose Aldo standing there doing nothing. Go ahead, you can retire, Jose. I don't need to see this shit anymore. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marab was smart. He's just like, fuck it, I'm gonna kill this guy with volume. Yeah, I would love to see him fight again. Again, I think he could work his way to a title shot. He's that good still. But don't fight if you ain't gonna let kick. Don't fight if you ain't gonna show up. Like, what did you why did you even show up? Why did you waste 
a good Rihanna, Kanye West, and Jay Z song for your entrance if he ain't gonna run this town. He ran nothing. <laughs> Damn, I love that entrance. That's that's the saddest thing when fighters retire, and I'm like, fuck, I'm not gonna see this entrance anymore. Yeah, like DC entrance, super cool. I ain't seen John Jones entrance in three years. I don't get the silver. Well, Anderson Silva still comes out to it in boxing, so yeah. occasionally I see it. But yeah, it's, it's damn shame you don't get to see a good entrance. When there was also retires. a lot of "woe is me" content after the fight too of Jose Aldo of just like a lot of him just being disappointed in the back and all this is like yeah, come on, man. Yo, I don't have any sympathy for somebody <laughs> who stands in the batter's box and gets struck out on looking every single time and then goes, "God damn it." <laughs> The home thing, the, the strike zone was crazy. You didn't swing at a fucking pitch. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, nah, that's a hundred. Well, it's, it's his own doing. And maybe, you know what? Maybe, I mean, he's not old in terms of age, but he is old in terms of time inside of an octagon. Maybe the body just doesn't fire as much anymore. Maybe he can't work at that volume anymore. And he was just like, fuck, man, like, the body ain't doing what the mind wants it to do. It's time. It's time to go. So it might be the last time we see Jose Aldo. Hopefully not. Um, if he does want to retire, I would hope he takes one more fight. I don't care who it's against. But the UFC is trying to go to Brazil again at some point. Um, I don't know if it's the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Um, I would love to see him finish his career in Brazil. Sure. Let him get that. That hero's send off. <laughs> Dre, Dre doesn't even care. Uh, Co main event Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. Provided... Best... Wait, hold on. <laughs> this is either the best worst fight I've ever seen in my life or the worst best fight I've ever seen in my life. This... <laughs> oh boy. It provided one of my favorite moments of the year. Luke Rockhold going full crimson mask. Just fucking rubbing it on Paulo Costa. And Costa is just like, I have no clue what to do in this moment. And he's just rubbing the blood all over Costa. It's money. The man should have won just off of that. I don't know how you score that, but somehow that has to be octagon control. This, If, if I'm Paulo Costa, you should be so embarrassed by letting this man make it to the final bill. Like you were la- like Luke Rockhold was had his hands on his knees in the first four minutes of the fight. He did. <laughs> like, you know, we had a lot of questions about Rockhold going into this fight. Does he still, you know, can he take a punch? The question we didn't ask is like, can he fight? He can't even make it. Like he was so he was blown up four minutes into the fight, and Paulo Costa didn't take advantage of it. And I don't want to hear anybody say, well, he felt bad for it. no. He just sat there. And then he let Rockhold like land a few shots here and there. Like there was like a straight left yep. hand in the second round, and like Luke got excited real quick. He was like, "Ooh!" And then he did nothing. And they shouldn't let DC do commentary for any of his old teammates. You can't. Oh, this, now he can't this, separate. Well, it's not even that. <clears throat> I feel bad for DC because that is your friend in the octagon, right? Like that is somebody that you've known. Like the original AK is all gone, right? Like all yep. those guys are done. But that, is, that was somebody that you rode shotgun with for a lot of your career. And to have to call his fight and he looked like that, that had to be impossible to do. I felt bad for DC having to call that fight. He should have called Paul Felder, got him out there for that fight. But this fight was awful, but I'm like, yo, how is Luke still here? 
He was dead after five minutes. On the stool between rounds, he was cooked. He showed his toughness. I mean, he took a really good ass whooping. There's, there's an art to that. Congratulations, you got your ass whooped. There's an art to being able to take a really good ass whooping. Like you think people pull up on him on the street and be like, hey, Luke, good job taking that ass whooping. He's like, thank you. (laughs) They don't do that. It's, 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 uh, but again, it's one of those things where Rockhold hadn't fought in a while. Like Rockhold, well, most of us consider that he was done, you know, after getting knocked out to the moon by Romero, Michael Bisping, we thought, oh, it's probably over for you. Heading into this fight, most of us thought, He's, he's going to blow your face up. The fight's going to be over. So the fact that Rocco made it to the final bell is kind of a credit to him. But it's Paulo Costa's the one I'm worried about. Like, you should drop in the rankings from that performance. Because you, how did you not finish this guy? Yeah, everyone it. else has finished, man. Um, is Luke Rockhold probably, he has to be top three what-ifs, right? Like, no. in, in MMA, like, <clears throat> just people thought he was that guy. No, people thought three. he would be. People thought he would be what Adesanya is. Yeah, but he's not top three. At least he won the title, right? In a, in a great performance against Chris Weidman, where he just destroyed yeah, him. Yes. Now he let it all they get to get his head. wrecked by Bisping. Yeah, which is which is bad. Don't get me wrong, but when you talk about like the what ifs of MMA, Uriah Hall, because Uriah was that guy after the Ultimate Fighter. They compared well, him. He just refused to pull the trigger. Yeah, right. Refused to pull the trigger. You got Uriah Hall. You got this isn't even like really a what if. This was like they hoped and it didn't work out. Sage Northcutt. Yes, because they put everything on Sage Northcutt. Um, who else is there? Who else is there? Uh, not Rock. Kane. Kane without the knee injuries. Yeah, Kane without the knee injuries is a what if because you would think he would still dominate the division because if he didn't get hurt, DC would have never went up to heavyweight. Yeah, I mean, he could have had a four-year run, which is hard to predict at heavyweight, right? Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to say, like, even a prime Kane Velasquez doesn't get his face taken off by Francis Ngannou. Like, that, that could have went the exact same way. But also, Cardio King, fucking, nah, like... No one was messing with that Kane because he was just—he was like a Habib. They have very similar styles. Like yeah. healthy Kane was like Habib, where it's like, yo, he's just gonna take me to the ground for five rounds and drown me. And if I stand up with him, he's still gonna pepper me enough that it's like, I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yeah, I mean, but Rockhold is up there in terms of like he never realized his full potential. He was a guy that. Even coming out of strike force, people were like, well, he could probably beat Anderson Silva. Like, he was pegged as a guy before a Weidman was. Yeah. But, yeah, man, it's just injuries and that losing the title and he just, and he just didn't never recover. Yeah. You know, guys like him, Henan Burrell, um, Uriah Faber came oh, too well, late. Henan Burrell is a different case. I mean, he was. Henan Burrell's, yeah, his decline coincided. The beginning of Usada cannot be <laughs> that much of a coincidence. No, it can't. Usada be. came in and and just straight ten aided in Henan Burrell's entire career. Like yeah. Usada was like dung, 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 and Henan Burrell was like, oh, I guess it's time for me to lose every fight. Yeah, so I want to put Rockhold all the way up there. Like the other one of the other great what ifs in MMA is like, what if Fedor made it to the UFC? What would have happened? We will never know. That is one of the most. The craziest story because 
the arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. The people, the reason why people won't call him the greatest heavyweight of all time is because he didn't fight in the UFC. Yep. No matter whose ass kick, he kicked in pride, it didn't matter because he didn't fight in the UFC. And we didn't, we never got Fedor versus Brock Lesnar. Really. That's the greatest one. That would have done insane numbers. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> Just insane. Oh my god. So yeah, Fedor would have killed Brock. Brock had no stand up. So that monster though, Literally. he was. But that I mean, he would have kicked his face off. So, all right. Luke Rockhold does retire in the octagon. Yes. Takes the gloves off. It puts him down. Uh, I was on like CBS Sports Radio like last week. I was like, "Yep, I think Rockhold's going to retire." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Yep, this is where he puts the glove down." It's it's becoming like a trend. If you fought in Strike Force or WEC at this point, the countdown is just to your next loss, and you're out of here. Yeah. So you're only fighting until your next ass whooping, and then your gloves are coming off. And which is understandable because that was 15 years ago. Like you, you've had a damn long career. So Rockhold to be in strike force to to have all that promise and everything. The man had twenty two fights in his career. Yeah. Ooh, I got a, a, there's one more what if in MMA specifically the UFC. Who was the ref that night? Oh my god, I can't remember. Was it Josh? What if Shane Carwin had beat Brock Lesnar that night? UFC one sixteen. Oh, if they would have stopped it before Brock. That, that crazy comeback. There are referees that would have stopped that fight. Oh, hands down. Everyone probably outside of her did, and whoever ref that match. Yeah. <laughs> Who just let someone die. I mean, um, that Shane Carwin was murdering people. Yeah. Murdering people. Then he got hurt, and then we never heard from him again. He only lost two fights. I think the other fight was to Junior Dos Santos, right? Yep. He lost to Junior Dos Santos at 131. Shane Carwin was one of the biggest what-ifs, because when he... That fool had lunch boxes for hands. His hands were so big. And he had Brock done. And yeah. So anyway, I had to bring up that guy because that guy was incredible. I mean, I'll tell you what would have happened. Brock would have probably gotten like forty million less from the WWE <laughs> over the course right. of time if he did not win that fight. So I mean, it changed Brock Lesnar's bank account forever. Ever, yeah. So well, <sighs> That's one hell of a what if. Man, a lot of Brock Lesnar what ifs. <laughs> he was there for a short time. A lot, lot of what ifs surrounding Brock Lesnar. Yeah. And th- then main event, UFC 278, Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards. 56 seconds away from another Usman Clinic dominant performance. And Leon Edwards and his team were like, well, we practiced this shit all week, so uh, we might as well try this. His corner goes, throw the kick! <clears throat> you can hear it clear as day. On, oh, I think you have the same feed as me. I do. So, on the non-broadcast feed, clear as day. His corner's like, throw the kick! Throws one to the body. Throw the kick! Next one, right to the head. Kamaru just circling away, can't stop it. Half blocks it, the other half right on the chin, out cold. This, Dre, in the grand scheme of combat sports, has not been a great year for number one pound-for-pound fighters. No. Since 
Usman called out Canelo Alvarez. Neither have won. (laughs) (laughs) Neither. That big money fight call out may have been the jinx of the year. It might have been. So neither are pound for pound number ones anymore. It's MMA. People get caught. They, they they do. I mean, we went into this fight and I said it. I don't think anything. Leon Edwards doesn't have anything for Kamaru Usman, and he didn't until he did, which is the story of MMA. So there's a couple things about this fight. One, if I was, I think I wrote this. I tweeted this in the middle of the fight that. I can almost guarantee you that Kamaru Usman, even if he won that fight, was going to go and say this is one of his worst performances because it wasn't great. If you watched the fight, he got taken down, which fucked him up the rest of the fight. Like the fact that he got taken down, like he couldn't get it out of his head. Made him angry. And I'm sure he's going to admit to it at some point. But if you watch how he fought that fight, he fought like a man who just, he couldn't get what he, like he was winning, but not with a great performance. So like he lost the first round. He got taken down. He didn't do much of anything else. The next three rounds, he's like, he's grinding on Leon Edwards, but he couldn't get the strikes he wanted. He, he struggled keeping Leon down. It was just a lot of shit that wasn't working. And, but he was still winning, yep. which is why I said, I don't think there's anything Leon that does that's necessarily better. But then it's, it's the kick because a good trainer spots it and a good fighter executes. Yep. Like tomorrow, if you faint, if you throw the jab lightly, he's going to duck hard to his right. And he ducked hard to his right when that kick came. I heard people say it was a lucky kick. There was nothing lucky about it. Nope. It was, it was, but to me, it was also the equivalent of, and I tweeted this, that Usman was driving home late at night, almost to his driveway and crashed into a tree in his, in, right in front of his garage. Cause he was almost there. All he had to do was not get hit in the face with that kick. Yep. But it was perfectly executed. But the question that I want to ask, and now that I've had some time to think about it, is is this the I don't want to say it's the greatest head kick finish. Is it, it, it is the greatest not. what's the greatest head kick finish in a championship fight? Ronda Rousey getting knocked out by Holly Holm. It is not. Here's why. Holly I Holm mean, was, uh, Holly unless Holm was, we also count the straight kick by uh, Anderson Silva. Fucking up Vitor Delfort and making him melt yes. into the into the octagon mat. But here's why I won't say Holly Holm Ronda Rousey because Holly Holm was beating up Ronda Rousey when that head kick came. Like Holly was winning that fight. She Jeez. was. She was. That head kick came though. Like there's a difference between pummeling someone with your hands and like peppering them, and being like, "Ooh, Ronda's in trouble." To she turned the lights out with that kick. It was in Melbourne in front of like. 80,000 and the woman they pegged from when she signed to beat Ronda Rousey at this point the unstoppable Ronda Rousey can she beat Floyd Mayweather to head kick her into oblivion no it's the greatest greatest head kick finish of all time just everything around it Kamaru's great right number one pound for pound he was not and he is not what Ronda Rousey was to the women's division then. But again, here's the problem with that. Holly Holm was kicking Ronda's ass in that fight. Of course, like, we heard head movement. Yeah, like... No, like, no, that was Amanda. Yeah, that was Amanda <laughs> Nunez kicking her ass. Go. But yeah. Ronda Rousey was getting her ass beat. So it was like, between the bells, we saw Holly Holm running away with that fight. 
Like, as soon as the fight started, it wasn't about 15 seconds of the fight. We were like, oh, round is fucked. Like, she can't get her hands on her. She was getting pieced up. Dude, Holly made her miss and run into the cage. Right? Yeah. There was a lot. This, this, Kamaru Usman was dominating the fight. Leon had done nothing since and the first. They, and they, but even the takedown, he didn't do anything with it. He just took him down. That was what we were more shocked about. Kamaru Usman had 100% takedown defense in the UFC. Colby Covington couldn't take him down. Allegedly, if you ask Colby, he took him down once. Nobody fucking <laughs> Colby. But the man, but but the reason why I call this the, the best head kick knockout in a championship fight, even better than Valentina Shevchenko killing Jessica. I, she killed oh, my God. Kid. Even better than Anderson Silva front kicking Vitor Belfort to hell. Even better, like there are some Crow Cop knockouts and pride that are pretty fucking incredible. Oh, he was, it's literally death. But Leon Edwards was done. Commentary, DC called it. It was a brilliant call. We were writing his obituary Uh when that head kick came. And and when you like Holly Holm followed up with strikes when she hit Ronda. Leon hit him and walked it off. And the and the 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 visual of Kamaru looking into the skies like dead to the world, looking at God, saying, Why God? It's the greatest head kick. Like it's a come from behind knockout. And it came, there was no setup for it in terms of it wasn't like Kamara was getting pieced. It was a one hitter quitter. Yeah, yeah. It like was there a, was no other strikes landed. That was the last ditch effort. One kick. No follow-up strikes after, nothing before it. 58 seconds left. Like I was literally like, dude, I was watching the fight and I was getting ready to play Candy Crush before I wrote my story. <laughs> because I was like, he's running away with this. And Leon's done nothing this entire fight. And when and I happened to look up when he landed that kick, and I was like, I you gotta be kidding. It wasn't even like it wasn't even one of those head kicks. Like when when Ronda lost, we were all shocked that Ronda lost more than anything else. Like the head kick, but but Holly was just beating her up, and it was like, wow, Holly was just better than her. But even then, if you talk to like the a lot of MMA people, they was like, ah, Holly's got a good chance of winning this fight. Cause if it's striking, Ronda's not that good striking. Yeah. This was a fight where we were like, ah, we're having a conversation about Kamaru fighting a light heavyweight. Yep. And the motherfucker kicked him to death. Murdered him. It, to me, it's the greatest head kick knockout in the championship fight because of the circumstances surrounding it and how it landed and how Leon just, he, he, he Vince McMahon walked off. Like, in the commentary, Joe Rogan losing his mind. Like, nobody saw that shit coming at all. No, it was a great walk. <sighs> that Holly home kick, man. I mean that it changed the course of women's MMA history. Like, yeah, it did. but this was amazing to me. I mean, this was his GSP's Matt Sarah moment. I think they're gonna run it back. I think Kamara wins his belt back, and we just we keep we keep it rolling, right? Like GSP got caught out there slipping once. Yeah. Nunez See? got caught out there slipping. Everybody get caught out there slipping. Like That's every. True. Outside of like Anderson Silva's amazing run, like somebody go catch but him. Slip. I mean, Weidman caught him slipping yeah, before the leg break. But the thing, the difference is, is like Amanda, you can chalk up to now. You can truly chalk that up to COVID. Like she, she had nothing. Yeah, yeah she for just for uh, for Pena that night. Um, and who else? Like Ronda, like Holly Holm was just a better striker, right? Like. She she always was. We just thought Ronda was unbeatable because if you got her hands on you, you were done. I mean, Sarah was n- better at nothing 
no, no, but, than GSP. But, but see, when GSP ran it against Sarah, like Sarah didn't have a winning. Like Leon Edwards hasn't lost since he lost to Kamaru Usman. Like it's not like Leon Edwards is a bum. No, no, he's been doing his thing. So I wouldn't say it's like that bad. Like it's not outside the realm of possibility that Leon could sleep Kamaru again. Because I don't know if you can necessarily fix those bad habits, especially the fact that Leon picked up and executed on him. I still pick Kamaru to win because I figure Kamaru. I mean, it still to took the man twenty four minutes to execute on that one oh, to the see beauty. the to see the one MMA. opening. It's it the beauty of MMA. This all you need is one. So it's not. I still pick Kamaru to win because I think Kamaru would not give him that much distance in a rematch. Yeah, right. Because Leon yeah. is a very good striker. He just what was my argument? He has no power. But yeah. a shin to face, you don't need any power. Right, you duck into some shit. It's like two cars running at each other. You yep. gonna die. So I'm not gonna say Leon doesn't have a chance. And he's like, it's not Matt Sarah GSP. It's not Juliana Pena. This is this could be a competitive fight. I still pick Kamaro to win, but Leon showed us something, man. Dude, his corner had almost given up on him. Yeah, everyone <laughs> lost their shit. Everyone. But Leon was like, I'm good. I'm all right, guys. Like he, he, nothing in his face, even though in his face it looked like he would, he had resigned himself and was like, "I'm gonna lose." Dean Thomas, right before the knockout, said the same thing. Was crushing him on commentary. <laughs> but to to do that and still, after 24 minutes, decide, yeah, I can still throw this kick. It's, it's a different kind of fighter, man. Most fighters just either they they go balls to the wall and just lose all the technique, or they resign themselves to defeat and become Jose Aldo and just don't throw a punch. Motherfuckers yeah. threw that. That's crazy. Crazy. How much do you now want to see Nate Diaz win in Vegas? Oh, that's all I want. <laughs> Dude, if, if look, that card sucks. UFC 279 on paper, it's, it's not a, great. Not great. It's like the worst paper, <laughs> one of the worst pay-per-view cards I've ever seen. Like, what's the co-main event? Tony Ferguson and Lee Jiliang at welterweight after Tony Ferguson's been completely washed out at lightweight? Yes. Why like, is that officially added to this? But yes. Like, what else is on this? Like, Johnny Walker. Who cares? Johnny Walker. Like, then Jamal. Versus Kutalaba. Then Jamal Hill just killed Johnny Walker? Yeah, yeah. It took his soul. Um, Chris like, Barnett. We're going to get the, the Harlem Shake. We're going to get some dancing. I love big boy Chris. I do too. But in terms of like, and you know, people say this all the time. Oh, the worst cards end up being the best cards. I'm not, I don't care about that. I this will probably end up being a decent card, right, in terms of action. But if, if, you're, if you're trying to sell me this card and saying, hey, guess what? Duwadu's fighting on this card. I'm like, so? And I got to pay for it? They're about to do a fight night with Cyril Gaon overseas that's better than this. This card sucks. Yeah, that really is. I mean, that's a pretty good card. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And that's free. And I'm looking at it. And if it, you know what it feels like. It feels like they started booking this card for Vegas. And then Abu Dhabi was like, nope, give us all those fights. You can keep Hamzat and Nate Diaz. We don't want that shit. And they were going to have another pay-per-view like two weeks after um, Abu Dhabi. And they were like, because no. that card just ended up too stacked. Like, no, 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 we're not. It took everything. So, this, this two, so, yeah, I want Nate Diaz to beat Hamzat. I don't, if he does, oh, my God. It, it, like, I want him to win. And, again, I want him to do the CM Punk. Jump the guardrail, flip Dana White the finger, and leave. He just destroyed the welterweight division. <laughs> oh, I'm rooting for chaos. I, I, I don't, I don't see it happening, but I'm rooting for I don't chaos. Either. I didn't see. Lynn and I want him to catch like, yeah, 
I want to catch Hamzat and like some wild shit. Like Hamzat's like ground and pound. He just throws up the triangle, flips the double bird, and wins. Yeah, Hamzat goes to sleep. Yeah. Oh, like, man. But that's all I care about now is the chaos. But other than that, <laughs> this is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, that I'm anticipating them running it back, unless you get some wild shit from Nate. And Dana just wakes up one day and be like, you know what? No immediate rematch. <laughs> and he's just like, you know what? Nate, Nate had you in trouble. Leon versus Nate. Like, Bruh, just do some wild shit. Think about this, though. If Nate were to win, how much would they have to pay Nate to fight Leon Edwards in a title fight? Stewart amounts, because Nate's the A side. Right. Unless they Stewart go to Wembley. Amounts. I mean, they, unless they go to Wembley, right? Um, cause that, but cause Nate, Nate still, but I'm just yeah, saying, but Nate's still the pay per view draw. In <laughs> terms like, of like Nate coming to the table and negotiating Nate Diaz, like you put him in a fight, to never get happened. Him killed. Yeah, you put him in a fight to get him killed, and then he he comes out the other side and he's like, all right, he's just got a little blood on him, and uh, like you're the UFC and it's like, fuck, what do we yeah. do? Nah, you pay he, the man. They ain't gonna pay the man. They just let him walk. Yeah, pro- there's not a probably, number. Yo, they probably cut Hamza. He's like, all right, then you fucked us up. <laughs> Damn you, I was up. Uh yeah, no, like Nate would come to the table and be like, yo, Jake Paul's going to pay me this. Y'all motherfuckers double it. <laughs> like, that's that's what it'd have to be. Like, yeah, no, there is no negotiations. It's like this is my number. You're going to take it. And then if I beat Leon Edwards for any reason, and we can have this fucking Connor trilogy with a belt. The weight class he's never had. God. Come on, it's your biggest fight ever. <sighs> that would have to be the the Dana White perfect storm. Yeah, like if he could somehow get Nate Connor three for a welterweight title, that might be the day Dana White just lays lays it down in the octagon. Like he don't got gloves, but I don't know. He takes off his fucking V neck or something, lays it in the octagon, and be like, "That's it. I'm never doing anything greater." Than this. Yeah, takes off his bald head. <laughs> By the way, Connor versus Leon Edwards in Wembley would do stupid numbers. Let's not talk about Connor doing anything until he wins the fight. How about that? Nah, man, this motherfucker's on a Lambo yacht. Like, we're not, I'm not sure if he is fighting. No. So, Told you, yeah. You said, oh, uh, if he, it's, he'll be back at the top of January 2022. Yeah. Yeah, well, listen, we're waiting. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not looking great um, we'll see what Charles Oliveira does if Charles pulls this one out I think Connor is the next fight for him because he wants the bag and one Connor fight purse weekend for him he's living like a king in Brazil for the rest of his life like three generations you know what's funny if you're, the, if you're smart in the UFC you don't give Charles that fight because he may not come back. <laughs> like no. you can't just start no, paying everybody. It. They all leave. It's like, oh, I want the Connor bag. And it's like you learned when you gave Connor the bag what would happen. So yeah, if, if you're Charles Oliveira, he's like, I want Connor, and people's like, well, give the champion what he wants. It's like, no, you don't. It's way too much. Like you got to keep your slaves yeah. in line, dude. You can't just have the slaves running the the field. Yeah, because you can't give them ten mil for a Connor fight and then be like, yo, so yeah, you're gonna get one point five after this. He's like, oh. but I beat Connor. Yeah, but that's not how it works. Everybody beats Connor. Like, that's, that's, like they, Dana White learned that you don't have the slave eat dinner in the big house. Because then he's just going to want to come back. 
He ain't picking no more cotton for you. Fuck you. I ate your steak. So with Charles, it's like, keep picking that cotton. That's it. Dana just wants Connor to be champ again, man. Just wants to print some money. I don't know if he does. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you're paying a lot of money, but you're printing money. Yeah, but it's not, it's not like they're losing money now, right? Like, if no. I, I give credit where credit is due, obviously. It's like, this Hamza Diaz card sucks, and it'll probably still do well on pay-per-view. And it's, it's like do what, great on paper, right? So, how much more is is the juice worth the squeeze? That have what, all you have to deal with with Conor McGregor, because the difference get... between a five hundred k pay per view and a one point five million pay per view is astronomically different. They're eighty dollars a pop now. It's astronomically different. But how much do you have to pay Conor for that? Got to put paradigm on the. I mean, you, you got to put proper whiskey on the canvas. Got to do. You got to get real creative to give Connor his forty mil. But even then, you're probably making out like a bandit. No, I I don't know. I don't know if Connor I mean I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not a mathematician. I ain't crunching numbers. But your your sponsorship, the amount of people that want to sponsor that card goes through the roof. The fighters get none of that shit. Um, your TV spots, the promotion, everything else. Through the roof. You'll, you'll make it back. I'm not saying you won't no. make it back. I'm just saying you don't need them. Like, your business will be fine without Conor McGregor. They proved it. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's still great. Like, boxing is fine without Floyd Mayweather. This motherfucker comes back and fights Jake Paul tomorrow. They're, yeah, but he's it's, his going to be big. Nobody has to pay Floyd, but Floyd figures out what he's getting paid. Dana yeah. actually has to go into his coffers and be like, all right, Conor. Here's $50 million, and now we got to kind of figure out a way to recoup all this because you're raping us. And now the guy that you're going to fight is going to ask for the biggest payday of his life. And Aria how many pay-per-views like are we actually going to get out of this? Because yeah. Conor's lost what? Poirier? Well, he beat Cerrone. So he lost two to Poirier. Poirier twice. And then Habib. So he's, he has a, he's yeah. only won one fight in, what, like six, seven years? Five years. So you put him in there, and he asked for $40 million. Motherfucker, you don't win. He sells. It's all about selling, baby. And I on, he sells enough. I could, I, that, I could live without that headache. <laughs> we'll see. I'm not sure Dana can. It's, it's definitely like Connor's like the dangerous girl. Dana's like, man, I shouldn't be dating her, but I want to. Like it, it's that is that thing. He can't stay away. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see how this all leads so many different roads can happen because of this one fight man it's been one hell of an MMA show we appreciate you all for listening love having producer Cole Bay Bay back on the boards um, from Los Angeles enjoying the nice weather it's not 100 degrees look at that hair it's marvelous marvelous when it gets some, uh, some of that ocean mist in it so we appreciate you all you guys can find us on social media at corner podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life, on Instagram, me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hell on everything. Shout out to Blue Wire. We'll be back in the studio later this week for pro wrestling. But in the meantime, also check out our boxing show that drops before them. We appreciate you all. Stay safe. Don't catch the weird pox that break out your whole fucking mouth, and make you look all crazy. Until next time, we're out. Peace. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.